Solving all the world's problems today on the T-Row in the Morning Show, Wednesday, April 19th. Got a special guest stopping by at the bottom of the hour. Toby and TJ back with you. This show brought to you by Riverwind here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Cowboys win Bedlam last night, 19-8. to uh, Sooners now headed to Austin for three this weekend, back in conference play. First place versus last place there in the Red River Showdown, separated by four games. That's pretty interesting, isn't it, TJ? I mean, we're second half of conference play and first and last place separated by four games, which is not much. Um, We'll see what uh, happens this weekend. Spring game coming up on Saturday. Looking like it might turn out to be a pretty good day. Hopefully you got your tickets by now. What was I going to hit on here? Um, Sean sent me a text during that break that was, was pretty. By the way. Speaking of the spring game, before I get into that, I'm still considering a major prediction regarding Dylan Gabriel. I'm mulling it about. I want to see practice tomorrow before I pull the trigger on it, Teach. I just want you to know I have not forgotten about my potential major prediction on Dylan Gabriel. I know everybody's hoping for that. Maybe on Friday morning show. I'm going to wait right till the last minute. Sean uh, texted me about all the movement stuff like this, uh, controlling it. I'll tell you one way you could start to kind of get control of all of the transfer portal movement. If you wanted to, I'm not sure that they do, but if they wanted to. See, like right now the rule is you can transfer once for free. Second time you have to sit out a year unless you get a waiver from the place you're leaving. If they sign off and say, all right, we release him, then you can go. And everybody is. For the most part, everybody's like, yeah, fine. If they would, like, universally decide, no, hey, we're sticking to this one-time thing across the board. If athletic directors and coaches across the board would decide, we're sticking to this one transfer thing. You get one freebie. After that, you got to sit out a year. We're not signing waivers anymore then that would slow things down a little bit. There's a bunch of guys, Teach, that are two, three schools just hopping all over the place. But I think they want to bring them in without coaches not signing waivers, so they're reluctant. If I stop signing waivers, they're going to use that against me in recruiting and, you know, all that stuff. So I'm not sure it's ever going to happen, but it would have to be a universal front where they said, one transfer, that's it. After that, you got to sit out a year like it used to be in the olden days. But I don't know. It's not all bad. It's different. There's a lot of it I don't like. There's also an exciting part of it, too. You know, I mean, hey, who'd we get in the portal? 
got a whole new team next year. This is going to be fun. If you had a bad year like OU basketball did, now we don't know who it's going to be yet, so right now it's a little fearful that they're not going to be able to field <laughs> that's, the that's team. That's the fear right now, yeah. But at some point they're going to have a bunch of new guys, and we're like, all right, let's see if this works. Uh, So, anyway, I don't know. Have we exhausted that topic? I think we've run out of it. No, I don't know, because, like, I just got a question from uh, someone that texts me that says, do you think well, – let me pull it back up here. Do you guys think that the, with the portal the way it is, ADs will give coaches more time to develop a team with the situations they have going on? Or does it – I think it puts more pressure because you see a Jerome Tang come in and say, well, look, he flipped it in one year. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to flip back that way, but – You've got a situation where he flips it quickly. You've been there three or four. Why haven't you been able to find the uh, formula that he just found? So it may put more pressure on you if guys like Tang sit there and flip a roster quickly like that. Yeah, I don't know that it makes a difference. I mean, I still, I still think you got to win, or or your jobs like oh, without a doubt, Porter's got to win this year, right? Y- yes, mean, th- yes. There's been, there's been significant movement at OU already this year in non-revenue producing sports because they're not winning enough. So I think you, you, whether there's more pressure or less pressure, you, you got to figure it out. You, you just have to embrace it. Like you can't, you, I don't care how old school of a coach you are. You cannot fight against this and say, I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it the old fashioned way. You can't. You've got to, whether you like it or not, you've got to embrace the portal and win the portal. You, you're going to lose guys, so you've got to go win the portal every year. you got to bring in better than you lost. And if you, if you hate it and you can't develop kids like you used to and it's not like it was when I was into playing days and all that kind of stuff, cry about it to somebody else. While you're coaching, you've got to go win the portal or you're going to fall behind. But, I mean, the bottom line is you got to win. See, what I, I think that, like, with this OU baseball team, all right, let's just take this. They've got, they've got a good foundation here of hopefully guys that they grow and develop and become the cornerstone for kind of what we've talked about in the past. Every other year they make a run. 2020 was going to be, look like it was going to be a great year. Pandemic. Start over in 2021, 2022 turns into a magical season. Start over in 2023. Great foundation for 2024 building. You've got you got that sophomore class this year of, of uh, Spikerman and Nicholas and Clark. You've got some really good freshmen this year in Easton Carmichael and Rocco Garza-Gongora. I tell you, I'd play Caden Powell a bunch. I, I, would, I, I don't think necessarily – Everything's gone smooth this year for Caden Powell. Uh, but he's obviously got talent. He's a big old – I'd make sure that – like I'd give him a lot of at-bats here down the stretch. As long as he takes care of his business, you know what I mean? Like I don't know how things go off the field. But as long as he's taking care of his business, I'd, I'd get him – because I think he can be a foundational point going forward, another freshman in there. And so you've got a nice nucleus there. And I don't know which of these juniors – Bryce Madrin might want another year. I don't know. Bryce Madrin going to be a big draft guy with his size and everything? Probably I, not. I don't think with his size, no. He's an Oklahoma kid. He might want to come back for his senior year. 
Uh, Harris is probably too good to come back, but maybe a McKenzie. Um, maybe KP. KP's got one more year. You know, maybe he's another guy that. So maybe this they they, they have the potential of having a really good lineup. So you've got that part of it where you're still developing guys. You're bringing guys along. Bennett was one of those guys. They kept him for his whole career. They developed him into a high-round draft pick. Uh, and then you're just going to have to also be good the other way. OU was good in the portal this year with hitters. McKenzie, hit. Madrin, hit. Harris, hit. The pitchers they have not struck as much gold with. Douthit, good. Davis, Hasn't worked out. Some of these bullpen guys they brought in from Cali and McLennan haven't been as good as hoped for. So I don't know what I'm saying here exactly, except I think they got a good nucleus in their lineup going into next year. They're just going to have to have a big year in the offseason with the pitching staff. I believe that, yeah. I, 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 I agree with you on that. Absolutely. McShay and Kuiper got together and did a Mac. Uh, a mock draft yesterday and uh, we're a week away from tomorrow why is that funny TJ? it's funny because i i looked at this draft yesterday but i was i don't think those two guys like each other i agree and it's funny to me tolerate it's funny other. to me how they make them do so much together like this like hey guys we're gonna have you do a draft you're gonna rotate picks <sighs> i can just see both of them just roll their eyes especially like, kuiper <laughs> yes why do I have to work with this guy? Um, they did three rounds, which is the interesting thing. Two Sooners in the second round. Anton Harrison to Pittsburgh, Marvin Mims to Kansas City in the second round. Terrible fit for Marvin Mims. A uh, place where offensive players go to die. I mean, just a terrible fit. I wish he would go somewhere where they had good fan support too and some other sooners around maybe a decent quarterback on the horizon geez can you imagine marvin golly marvin with what they already have in kansas city i mean ridiculous yeah that'd be perfect for him other than indianapolis it's probably the best place he can go um but this is what jumped out at me Five Big 12 guys projected to go in the first round. Seven Big 12 guys before the first OU guy off the board. What does that say? If anything. Well, it says times are a-changing. It kind of says maybe last year wasn't a, a, like, they kind of weren't the best team. Like, like maybe the Big 12 was better than OU last year. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Seven guys. Well, first off, we've had a lot of years recently where it seems like either nobody or maybe one Big 12 guy went in the first round. I'm not saying five is a ton, but it's a lot more than the Big 12 has been getting in recent years. Seven guys off the board from Big 12 teams before the first Sooner Anton Harrison is picked is kind of shocking. Well, I mean, TCU is a big part of that because I don't think they would have been 
projected going into the season to have that type of impact and have some. I think Cowboy, the Cowboys in this, those three rounds where they alternated picks selected two or three guys from TCU alone. The so. seven guys are Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. He's going to go in the top ten. I don't even think we saw him last year. I think he was hurt. Bijan Robinson from Texas. Uh, scrolling through here, so bear with me. Uh, he's 10th overall in this mock that they did yesterday. Uh, 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 Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU, going to your Cowboys. That would be a great pick. Julius Brents, the big 6'4 corner at Kansas State, going late first round. And Will McDonald going late first round. The Iowa State kind of linebacker, outside rush guy. And then second round going before Anton Harrison. Felix Anudike Uzoma, Kansas State defensive end. And Steve Avila, TCU center or guard. I don't know. That's jumped out at me. Seven guys in the Big 12 drafted. According, who knows how it'll turn out, but before the first OU guys, it goes off the board. Now, will that be the case next year and going forward? Hopefully not, but still. Maybe there was some talent in the Big 12 next year. I think that's last year. I think that's kind of the point there, TJ. And that's true. We knew that. TCU had some well, talent, man. Kansas State had good. some talent. Mm-hmm. That And, you know, Iowa State, the Will McDonald guy, good player. So we'll see going into this year whether that works out the same Fortunately, way. Fortunately, it but. shows you the lack of talent that was here. Yeah. High high level. I mean, two guys in the second round's not bad. Sure. But it's uh it's not, you know, what was it? Three of the top 4 picks back in the uh Sam Bradford draft or something like that. We're a ways from that. The three of the top 4, or three of the top 5 with Trent Williams that draft Three of the top five, right? It wasn't four. I'd have to go back and look. Somebody out there knows that off the top of their head. Uh, oh, uh, um, Tyler McComas knows that off the top of, the, of his head. <laughs> There's no I think doubt. It was three of the no top. Doubt. Was it three of the top five? Mm, that was the 2010s draft. Is that right? I think that was the 2010 draft. I got it right here. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, Sam Bradford goes number one. Um, Headgummit. Why can't you be easier for me to figure out? <laughs> okay, here we go. Bradford one, Gerald McCoy three, Trent Williams four. Okay, so it was four. Indomitian Sue went number two overall. Three of the top four were Oklahoma Sooners. Wow. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. RK Black brings you this hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. Been in business since 1952, providing office technology solutions for your business out there. They can help you all across Oklahoma and Kansas. 
copiers, fax, printer, scanner, document management, network solutions. They do it all. 405-943-9800 or rkblack.com. Text line. There are several texts on here, and this these texts always surprise me, but there are people that need the information. Okay. And we've answered it a couple of times this week, but... Uh, Toby, uh, I'll, I'll combine all these texts. Where can I listen to the spring game and where can I watch the spring game? Watch ESPN plus listen pretty much anywhere. You would listen to a normal OU football game. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, in, in Oklahoma city, it will be on our flagship station, which is 107.7 FM. And uh, let me let me pull up our affiliate page. Well, I mean, there's an affiliate page on Soonersports.com. Let me know where you're texting from, and I'll let you know if there's a station uh, near you up in the Tulsa area, KMOD, 97.5, 14.30 a.m. up there. But depending on where you live, uh, that's how you do it. It'll also be on the Varsity Network app worldwide. So, Normal game day. If you're coming to the game, you can listen in the stadium on 107.7. All that stuff. But ESPN Plus is your TV outlet. Yes, ESPN Plus. In fact, I had someone yesterday that said, so next year when we go to the SEC, ESPN Plus goes away, right? No. And I said, no. You'll probably actually get more uh, (laughs) throughout the throughout ESPN Plus. Here's the expanded thing is that the SEC network thing comes into play. So when OU's in the SEC, obviously there will be stuff picked up on the SEC network, which I think actually has – do they have a, like a two as well? Do they have like a SEC and SEC two or something uh, like that? I think there's, is it just one I station? I think there's or is there just two? one on the SEC. Okay. So a lot of stuff is, is on the SEC network. You know, they'll pick up a baseball game or a softball game every – day on the weekend maybe a couple so there'll be some stuff now in addition uh, in addition to what always goes on the you know football games are always going to go on the major networks we're talking about other stuff okay baseball softball a few basketball games other stuff that's on espn plus now some of that will find its way onto the sec network if it's a big series or a big game you might see ou and florida in a baseball game on there or or, uh, a softball series or whatever but the vast majority of sec stuff also lives on espn plus espn is their provider so ou will kind of move into the whole sec family there and all of their stuff will begin to be carried uh, under the sec umbrella but on espn plus as well Oh, no, it's not going to go away. The added benefit will be you have another actual television network that will pick up some stuff. Yes, the SEC network's a cool deal, actually. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got, like, uh, sports centers and Dari hosts things on there. Unfortunately, fine bombs on there, which I got no use for that. But uh, they got some talk shows and... uh, and then show a, a whole lot of live games as well. So it's it's really going to be a cool addition. This texter here, 
we probably need to discuss whether I need to uh, block him on the text line. <laughs> it made me laugh because someone, I don't know, Tyler Parker, who uh, labeled their name as Porter Moser's biggest fan in his text today, Break out your fishing pole, Skippy. I hope you enjoy your early vacation. It's hard to watch this trash. Good luck in the SEC. You have the worst pitching staff in baseball. I look back on uh, some of his other pleasant texts, and he is quite the ray of sunshine on the text line. Yeah. Uh, Ted Roof is not safe here. Porter is not safe. <laughs> There's some others that are not safe here from this guy. Can you tell if it's an OU fan or a fan of another school? I think that- so. I thought it was a OSU fan just posing as an OU mm-hmm. fan, you know, but then I, I scrolled back through some of them, and he is like – uh, you know, back during football season, good win, so-and-so, played well, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. complimentary of OU at times. So I think it is an OU fan that's just miserable. You know, it's a coping mechanism. I, I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like some people, some people are like that, you know, when, when they are disappointed and or angry about how their team played or maybe even embarrassed, you know, they got to go get, hear it from a co-worker or a friend or whoever, you know, you got friends, TJ. I don't have any friends, but you got friends that you talk trash with each other. So your team doesn't play well. You're disappointed. You're angry. Perhaps you're even embarrassed. So for some people, the way that they feel better is to transfer that onto somebody else. I feel bad, so I'm going to make you feel bad. So I'm going to say mean things about you. I'm going to text them in. I'm going to tweet them or whatever the case may be. So I'm... I'm glad that uh, that uh, God did not create me in that manner because it sounds like a miserable existence. But for some people, <laughs> they just got to get it out. Uh, they got, oh, you lost to OSU last night. It was lopsided. This guy was mad, and he didn't feel good about it, so he wanted to make Skip feel bad too, so he blasted. So. Been uh, a rough year. Toby, you're three steps behind. Programs who do not rely on the portal will be far more sustainable. It may not appear that way now, but give it a couple of years. I'm going to need an explanation on that. I don't think relying on the portal is the right answer, but you are going to have to use the Every portal. program uses it in yeah. every sport that it's available to I mean, them. I, I do think like football is different. If you are in Alabama, and maybe that's where it ends, you know, you might be able to keep more guys and win without using it at all. Although Alabama has used the portal. Alabama has augmented through the portal. That running back that they had last year came from Georgia Tech, right? So even they have used the portal. Can you rely on it? No, not entirely. You still have to have an element of trying your best to keep kids and developing them and and having them as a foundation to your program. Like I was saying with Nicholas, Spikerman, Clark, Rocco, Easton, maybe Caden Powell going for. But if you're not using the portal, I don't see a future here unless they change some rules where you can say, I'm not going to be a player in the portal and I'm going to win. I don't think that's going to be possible. I mean, if you disagree, Texter, give me your roadmap to pulling that off. Mm-hmm. 
This texter says, and Skip, I trust. What do people think after losing that talent last year? I tried to tell those idiots on the Scoop message boards two months ago, have a realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shart says, little brother still throwing a fit. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, tantrum. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kind of defend that the other way here. Okay. I wholeheartedly agree that, oh, you lost a ton of talent, and this was always going to be a year where they were going to take a step back and getting to the NCAA tournament was probably a, a hopeful and realistic expectation. Getting back to Omaha was probably unrealistic with as much talent as they lost there. But last place in the Big 12 is not something any of us thought going into the season. That's the thing. Even with the portal, even with losing guys to drafts, whatever the sport, basketball, regardless of what's gone on, oh, you should still be in the mix. You should be making NCAA tournaments. Baseball, you shouldn't be sitting here having the discussion of what do they have to do to just make the Big 12 baseball tournament in any given yeah, year. In that's my the disappointing. That's yeah. and right. There, and there, there's half the conference season to go, so maybe by the end of this, they're the four. Not even I don't discussion. know, but sure, yeah. But as of right now, it's been disappointing. Yeah. We need to take a break because we got a special guest. Oh yes, out. oh I did see the time. Yes, thank you. Break time, eight thirty-two in the morning. Special guest joining us next. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. A couple of special guests joining us now. In studio, Teach. In studio. We're talking Air Force, folks. Technical Sergeant Gerald Romo. Uh... Uh, Oklahoma City recruiter, as well as UConn and Mustang, and Staff Sergeant Scallion from Norman are with us. How are we today? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for having us on. We really appreciate you guys. Well, it is a pleasure and an honor. Uh, let's start with this. What are some, And you guys can choose who you want to, to answer this. You go back and forth if you want. But what are some of the key benefits of joining the Air Force? So, I mean, there is a ton of benefits that we can go over, but obviously we want to talk education. We want to talk travel we want to talk uh work experience that's a lot of the things that individuals don't really realize coming out of high school is not everybody is set up to go to college right away not everybody is set up to succeed immediately after high school and the air force wants to help those individuals get trained get prepared to serve that 20 years or serve that four years and come back and be a benefit to their community can you walk us through the recruitment process for the air force for sure. So, I mean, it's going to start off uh, minimum age of 17 all the way up to 39. You can even go to 40 as long as you don't turn 40 before your date of entry. Um, high school graduate or GED, and then going to take the ASVAB or Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. I call it a personality test for, for jobs. And as long as you score 31, you're rocking and rolling. We're going to talk about your medical history, law, and basically your whole life as a person and going from there. But those first three things are key to entry. TJ, you are eliminated, eliminated. for a variety of reasons. Sorry, yeah, TJ. My, my CPAP, my age, everything leaves me you're out. too That's old. Right. You're too brittle. <laughs> broke down. <laughs> no, nobody wants you. Uh, so you touched on most of the minimum requirements there. Is that right? Are there more? I mean, there's always more detail that we would get into during a, an actual appointment. Like, like he said, big thing right now is we'll discuss your medical history, uh, any kind of law violations, drug usage, tattoos, uh, all those things. When you get in contact with a recruiter, they really go into more detail. But 
the biggest thing is we want to make sure that these individuals that are coming in are doing their research and are getting ready for that ASVAB because we want uh, the higher the score on that personality test, right, the better opportunities these individuals are going to get. So those are the those are the key things right there. What are some of the most in-demand careers in the Air Force? Uh, right now is one of the greatest times to join the Air Force because we have so many high-demand career fields that are waiting for individuals and come sweep those jobs up. Typically in the past, like when I joined, I won't say how long I've been in the Air Force, but I've been in a minute. Um, you know, individuals would wait six, eight, nine months to get a job. Uh, right now, they have the opportunity to come in, do their ASVAB, go through their medical process, and then pick their job. They get to see that job on paper and say, you know what, I really like this job, I'm going to take it. But we're always looking for aircraft mechanics. We're always looking for special warfare, you know, cyber, intel. Those are some of the things that are always in high demand. And individuals really need to pay attention because here in the, here in the great state of Oklahoma, you know, you think about oil, you think about those kind of things really being the pushing of this economy. But uh, really, it's, it's maintenance right now on aircrafts. There's a lot of mm. places around Oklahoma that are hiring individuals upwards of 75, 85,000. Uh, if the individuals want to take that route, there's no better training in the world than the United States Air Force. Fascinating. How about uh, how does the Air Force support, like, but promote diversity and inclusion? So diversity and inclusion is first and foremost to what we care about, right? If you think of the military expanded it just beyond the Air Force, we're taking individuals from all over the world, the United States, different backgrounds. And so we promote that through our day-to-day -day activity, whether it be the work centers included or even clubs outside of the work center. So myself, I was a part of the African-American Heritage Association. We would meet weekly and just discuss things that are important to us, things that we're experiencing in the work center and try to tackle those issues or just say, hey, we're here. And so whether it be, like I said, just diverse work or clubs outside, both of those things are going to promote uh, inclusion and diversity. Yeah, you really got to look at the uh, the military in general, specifically us discussing the Air Force. It's a melting pot, right? It's mm -hmm. going to take somebody from Oklahoma. I'm from New Mexico. We're going to take someone from Maine, from Florida. They're going to put them all in one work center. And all these individuals learn about their different cultures. Uh, and all those people might be stationed in Germany or Japan. So meanwhile, you're getting that local culture. And it really helps you grow as an individual and understand, hey, there's so much more that I can learn and there's so much more that I can do to assist the people around me. So it's, it's one of the biggest benefits growing as a person is that diversity. Technical Sergeant Romo, Staff Sergeant Scallion joining us from the Air Force. Technical Sergeant Romo, big Dallas Cowboys fan. No relation to Tony, though, I assume, right? Uh, I think it's going to boost our listeners this morning. But, you know, I mean, we may be. I think we're both pretty handsome gentlemen. So, I mean, hey. Yeah. You know, he dated related, Jessica. Related through looks. Related huh? through looks. We'll go with that. How, how does the Air Force prepare its members for deployment and overseas assignments? You know, that's such a great question. Uh, Sergeant Scallion and I were just kind of chit-chatting in the lobby before this, talking about some of our deployments and opportunities, and both of us were in the uh, United Arab Emirates around the same time. And our day-to-day -day training gets us prepared for those deployments, for those overseas activities. One of the biggest things that we like to let young applicants know is, hey, these aren't all dangerous, scary situations that you would see in a movie, things like that, right? Because that's what that's what the 
people out really think like, oh my goodness, it's we're going to war. But in reality, you know, w- when we went to the UAE, it was it was fun. I mean, we were out there going to pool parties, and you know, the base has <laughs> has a pool and all all these things, and you know, it, it's always good to understand like, hey, we support a mission, but that doesn't always necessarily mean that we are in danger. But even in those situations that something would occur, the Air Force does such an amazing job training us every day with different things to put us in the right place at the right time to make sure we are able to make those decisions. How about education and training programs? So continued education and training is one of the foremost you know, benefits of the Air Force, whether it be job or formal education, you know, how I always kick it to people is whatever route you want to take when it comes to betterment of yourself, the Air Force is going to support. So if you're talking on the work side, um, you're going to have on the job training, uh, a yearly training plan that, you know, you're going to continue going. There's always upgrade training that they'll send you to different schools. Even if the Air Force doesn't provide it in-house, they'll find uh, contractors or companies on the outside that they'll send and pay for you to have that training to be up to date. If you're talking about the formal side, you're going to get things like tuition assistance. It's basically $4,500 a year that they're going to give you and pay you to go to school. That way you build yourself up and leaving the service, you're either going to have the certifications or the degree or why not both. Right. And that way you can be more marketable to the civilian side. What are the uh, physical fitness standards required for recruits? You know, a lot. That, that's something that we always talk to our recruits about because everybody, when they walk in the office, feels like they need to be at their best physical shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not always the case. Obviously, we do have a height and weight standard for entry, but individuals need to understand that that is what basic military training is meant for. You know, they're going to train those individuals to get that mile and a half run down. They're going to assist them in their push-ups. They're going to assist them in their sit-ups. That's a seven-and-a-half-week course to get you to the physical standard that the Air Force wants. Um, what kind or, – or can you speak to the opportunities for advancement and career growth within the Air Force? Yeah, I mean, that that is such a, a an awesome opportunity. Me, personally, I've been in – okay, I'm going to let you guys know, so don't judge me on the age. But I've been in for going on 12 years in June that I've been active duty Air Force. And this is actually my third job in the Air Force. So there's – tons of different opportunities to go into different avenues to help, like he said, market yourself to the civilian world later on in life. You know, I've worked in a a command staff. I worked now in recruiting. We have marketing backgrounds. And before that, when I first entered, you know, it was all logistics. But um, those opportunities are endless in the Air Force. There are cross-training opportunities. There are just tons of stuff that you can say, you know what, I love this job, but I think I've grown into something different I'm going to pursue another route. And the Air Force is going to assist you in that. Finally, what advice would you give someone who's interested in joining the Air Force? It all starts with the conversation. So it's going to be contacting your local recruiter, really getting that that ball in the court, just of what opportunities we provide, just reaching out and saying, like, hey, what do you have to offer? And it's our job as recruiters to try to align you bestly to what will benefit you as an individual in the Air Force. So I always say your future of success starts with the conversation. Great Great stuff. Thank you, guys. Technical Sergeant Romo, Staff Sergeant Scallion with the United States Air Force. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to the the spring game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Are we Sooner fans, guys? Today we are.
there, there was a pause there right before you've been oh, over back to the mic. No. Yeah. <laughs> What's our normal color of allegiance? So I'm I'm cherry and silver, right? But I'm from New Mexico originally, so it's it's really You're hard. You're a lobo. I'm a lobo, but it's so hard to cheer for the lobos because I mean, man, we are just top tier right. in mediocrity. <laughs> but to get out of here safely, I, I we won't we won't talk to Sergeant Scallion about what team he supports. So Sergeant we'll, Scallion, yeah. you rap Scallion, you <laughs> definitely right. growing up in Oklahoma, uh, born and raised in a small town called Hobart. I think just naturally being born here. You're going to be an OU fan, but I actually did a semester at Oklahoma State University, so I have uh -huh. a personal tie to that college and that. School. All right, I got to escort him out of the studio. I got to get him out of here. Right, Kale Davis, go. boo him when he leaves, TJ. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'll right, take a break. Chris Plank joins us to wrap it up next. This hour of the T Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium sized businesses. Call 405 943 9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for the crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Joins us now. Softball's a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier this hour, TJ, of as much as possible developing keeping talent base together but accentuating through the transfer absolutely yeah perfect i mean example. Uh, uh there's no better dynasty in college sports right now than uh ou softball and yet what chris alex Doraco, haley, haley lee, lee. Yep. i mean they sid still sanders alina yeah. torres and and you go historically i i wrote about that well i was thinking about this with alex Doraco. you go back to 2016 Coach Gasso, who, by the way, is coming on the show today at 10 a.m. Let's go. The GOAT. The GOAT. She's scheduled to now. We'll see. I, I, I'm, an, I'm always the one that'll be like, no, Coach, I'm, I'm good. If you got – you don't have to worry about the show. I'll go bug I'll, – I'll go bug uh, – I don't know, the, the host of Diamond Envy, Tyler McComas, or I'll go bug JT. Love that, Love that podcast. Uh, great podcast. So, if you think about it, since 2016 when Paige Parker pitched every inning but six – of the postseason. Maybe it was like seven and two-thirds. But Coach Gasso has been committed to a staff. And and in a lot of ways, it's been the, the portal that's really kind of helped to what, – what's the term that you – it's not – not like a bonus. It's not like an add-on. It's just to kind of compliment. I almost said yeah. circumvent for some reason, compliment. but complimentary. Yeah. Accentuate. And, yes. and you think about, you know, Paige Lowry in 2017. You think about uh, G. Juarez, who, who came in to, to compliment – what would have been a you know a, a pretty good group of young pitchers, but they had a few injury issues. So G became the stud on that staff and and helped lead them to a national championship. But even in the year twenty twenty one when they won it, G being a portal, who was it that they needed in order to get to the championship? A high school uh, recruit in Nicole May, right? Um, go back to last year, Jordy Ball Foundation high school recruit. What do you compliment her with? Hope Troutwine in the portal and another. Recruit that you brought in and have developed into Colme. This year is another great example with obviously May and Ball, two 
players that are part of the foundation of the high school recruiting that's been done here. And what do you compliment them with? The all-time wins leader in like Big Ten in Michigan history and Alex Drago. Not a bad pickup. Not yeah, a bad and, pick and then up. think about next year, right? I don't know if we'll see, oh, you hit the portal for a pitcher next year because you're going to have Jordy and Nicole and then seeing what Kirsten Deal is becoming whenever she's been given an opportunity. So maybe next year is a year where that's more towards, all right, how do we, <laughs> how do we replace Grace Lyons? But I'm, I'm really – it's a great example, t Row. I heard you talking about it, and literally in my car, I'm like, man, softball is a great example of this. Yeah. OU baseball last year, a great example great of example. how it's done. I have, a, I have a very important question for you, Toby yeah, Rowland. No, go ahead. Go ahead. When you have somebody – have you ever reached out to a, an AD in any of your time? And obviously most of our experiences have been with Josie. To give them a coaching recommendation in a hire? are someone that has reached out to you at any level with anything that says, hey, yes. really? Mm-hmm. What's that process like? <laughs> because I had someone reach out to me on I the women's soccer job. I have out. I have had someone reach out to me. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, are you saying somebody wants the soccer job and they want you to let Joe C know about Something it? along those lines. I would, I would never do that. Okay, then never mind. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know the situation you're in. Unless Joe's listening right now and would like to text Chris for a yeah. name. Hey, I, jo- <laughs> I would feel like I'm overstepping my bounds. I, I know, right? Recommend but, a coach to Joe Listen, Castiglione. let me tell you, Joe Castiglione. Now, maybe like if it was Southern Nazarene or something, See, yeah. I might reach out to their agent. That's what I'm thinking. If it yeah. was guys you know, that haven't hired coaches of the years and national champion winners, then maybe. Trevor LaFoon, I've already put your name out there. Stop <laughs> it. I wouldn't want that on my – the burden on If it doesn't if work. It didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> what if Joe says, hmm, good idea. I think I'll hire him. And then it's a flaming disappointment. <laughs> no, no. Touche. Touche. Yeah, Chris, have a great show. Toby, have a great rest of your day. Thanks to you fine folks for listening today. We'll try to do better tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.